On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam, and welcome. According to the website, Billy Babapalooza, the official Billy Bob Thornton website, trademark, Billy Bob's mother, Virginia Thornton Faulkner, was a psychic. Virginia predicted Billy Bob would be a successful actor and would one day even star with Burt Reynolds. Sure enough, Billy Bob's first breakthrough was when he was cast as a floral delivery man on the show Evening Shade. In the scene he was cast in, he misdelivered a bouquet to Burt Reynolds. Years later, Billy Bob would be inspired by this and other incidents to write a script loosely based on his mother. Alongside co-writer Tom Epperson, that script would become the 2000 film The Gift. The script, while making its rounds, would attract a rising star in Kate Blanchett, fresh from Elizabeth and the talented Mr. Ripley. Once Kate Blanchett was interested, it was then that director Sam Raimi would only agree to come on if she for sure took the part. It wasn't long before a domino effect was created with Giovanni Ribisi, Keanu Reeves, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, and Hilary Swank attaching themselves to the project as well. Today, we will be deep diving into this little film with a star-studded cast. So, don't go walking amongst the trees at night. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And we are covering Sam Raimi's The Gift. The Gift, which I believe is streaming on Amazon Prime and... And MGM Plus. Mgm Plus, okay. Yes, which used to be Epics. Oh, I remember that. Epics, we got some movies. Yes, on MGM Plus and it was on Prime. I think it may have, maybe it was like between when I watched it in early June and mid-June. Maybe it switched. But if you have MGM Plus through Amazon Prime, you should be able to find it. Yeah. Or Amazon Prime. But this one, this may be the gift, is I literally watched it one afternoon because I honestly... I knew about it, but I hadn't watched it. And then I saw the scene with Keanu Reeves and Hilary Swank. Oh, yeah. The really serious and trigger warning. There's a lot of domestic violence in this movie. There was a very serious domestic violence scene. And it was something I'd never seen Keanu Reeves do before. And I was just like, oh, shit. That that was intense. And so I went back and it was just on Amazon Prime one, like, Sunday morning or something. I was just like... Seeing their gizmo, I was like, I guess I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, and I liked it. Trigger warning for violence, and trigger warning that uh, Keanu also says a racial slur in this movie. That we yeah, were like, oh my god, and like me and Taylor, the both time we're like Keanu Reeves, like we just said his name and you didn't say because we weren't expecting that. No, he is like surprisingly scary in this movie. I yeah. think he's one of the stronger performances. Although I will say, I enjoy 
all of the performances in this star-studded film. However, it is a movie that takes place in the South. Yeah. And a lot of the people aren't Southerners. And you can tell they've got what I like to call deep-fried Southern accents, where it's just like, oh, listen to my drawl. However, I did want to point out, I did do some digging to see if anybody had any Southern roots. And actually, a couple people do. So... Greg Kinnear went to school in Georgia, which I find surprising because he is one of the worst Southern accents in this movie. Yeah. It's very, he's trying. Um, But he went to school, he went to school in Athens, Georgia. So probably Georgia State, Mm -hmm. I want to say that's where it is. Uh, Michael Jeter grew up in Tennessee. Yeah. Chelsea Ross is from Oklahoma, which is, can get a Southern accent. And... Kim Dickens, who plays Linda, is from Huntsville, Alabama, which is where I grew up. And I was like, oh, good for her. And then Kate Blanchett, I didn't know this until recently. She's Australian. Her dad is from Texas. Yeah. So her her accent isn't the worst, but it's not great. And Scott was watching it with me, and he was like, oh, no, this is what I cannot stand about Hollywood Southern movies. I was like, I know. It's like when you watch True Blood, they have, like, two actual Southerners speaking southern accents but i know it's like a production thing we're like but they have to know that we're in the south so we're gonna heighten this we had a very interesting discussion about like why do they make people do this because it's a little over the top well it's because we are a caricature to a lot of the rest of the united states like they assume a lot of things about the south including that uh there's nobody who's intelligent that lives in the south right it's a very common thing too although this movie doesn't do that but i think it's one i do believe billy bob thornton has southern roots i do believe that's the one person i didn't look up about that but i also think you know sam raimi filmed evil dead in tennessee yeah and i i don't think he has disrespect for the south i think he's actually even though the south is really shitty in a lot of ways like, there are smart people down here. There are people who are intelligent and liberal and progressive. Oh, yeah. We're just few and far between and not quite as loud as the angry, you know, rednecks, I guess. Sorry if rednecks are offensive to you. There's something different between Southern and redneck. I don't know. To me. Yeah. Oh, Arkansas. Billy Bob Thornton is from Arkansas. She Hot Springs, spring. Arkansas. With Arkansas. Bill- with Billy Bob. Uh, I think of three things. And so the first thing I think about is that he was married to Angelina Jolie for a little while and they wore the blood things around their neck. Because yes. that was a big thing when we were like kids. Like when we were like 12, yes. 13. Then I think of Sling Blade and I like mashed potatoes. I've never and actually watched Sling Blade. It is actually a good movie. I do yeah. like the movie. Even though like that's what a lot of people know is like the accent some people call a Sling Blade. But you know, yeah. that's horrible. That's not what he sounds like in the movie. That's me exaggerating. Yeah. But the third thing, I always think of him as the asshole American president in love actually. Yes. Like those are the three I was always things. mad because he always, he kind of annoys me on, on screen. I'm going to be honest. Like he has played good characters, but like usually he's played Playing an asshole, and when he was playing the president, I was like, "Of course they got Billy Bob Thornton." What does he say? He says he goes because he looks at Natalie, and he goes, "Oh, she got some nice little pipes on her." Or mm-hmm. he says something weird. And I was like, "Do they think that's how American talks? Like they we do. we don't talk like they that." Absolutely do. I think it's funny because I know you probably saw the same trivia bit that he was originally gonna be Buddy in this movie. I'm like, that oh would have been a bad mistake. choice. Yeah, mistake. Here's the thing I like. Just getting off the bat, I do – a really big pro for me is how Giovanni Ribisi 
uh, who ironically is my boyfriend's favorite Scientologist, because he, I, I didn't realize he was a Scientologist. He, he was grew up in it, so there's only so much you can do about that. Yeah. Hopefully he'll pull a Leah Ramini because I really like him. But and you're clarifying Giovanni, not your boyfriend, right? Giovanni Ramisi. <laughs> um, but I think he does a really respectful way of portraying someone with mental illness. And portraying them as a person. Yeah. And not overdoing it or, you know, pulling a Tropic Thunder. Y'all all know the reference that I'm talking to. I'm sure if you've seen. You've seen Tropic Thunder. Uh, I've actually only seen clips of his crop. Oh. I haven't seen the whole movie. Oh, so. well, there's a very specific scene where, you know, you don't go. Anyways. If you know the scene, you know the scene. But I do like that Giovanni Ribisi plays this character as a human being and not a caricature of somebody. Because I could see people who maybe aren't as feeling playing someone who obviously has some intellectual disabilities, but is not, I would not say is intellectually disabled, just has some like, it seems to me like he more has like learning disabilities and he has some mental illness brought on by depression and, and like anxiety. Severe anxiety. Severe, probably yeah. bipolar disorder. Yeah. Um, and re- a lot of repression, you yeah. know, and he has a lot of anger issues, but he doesn't seem to be a bad person. And he, there's a couple times where he goes off the deep end, but he takes enough time to calm down. So it's, like, believable that that is somebody who would have an anger issue but doesn't actually want to hurt anyone. Yeah. And, like, I do enjoy that part aspect. I think they did a really good casting because I feel like Billy Bob Thornton maybe would have gone a different way that I probably would not have enjoyed watching. Even his face, I think, would be different because Giovanni, at this point in his life... uh it's very his, boyish. His face has softened those big, just brown eyes. They're mm-hmm. kind of like looking like a puppy dog. In he the is face. very puppy dog looking. Yeah, like he has a very, yes. very sweet face and you really kind of just want to reach out and hug him in yeah. this movie. He, he has that a lot because like his character in Friends too is like, if, you, if, you didn't, if you've watched Friends, you know that he's Phoebe Buffay's little brother who also marries Kitty oh, from that's that right. 70s who's like, show. Who's like 15, 20 years his old elder, elder, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, marries yeah. like his former teacher. She's not his teacher when they get married but it's like someone i think she was like his high school teacher and yeah. they reconnected or something there's a storyline phoebe carries their triplets yes for them. okay yeah and then phoebe is like i keep telling she's like oh it's the last time i get to tell someone i'm having my brother's babies yeah i was like that would be really fun but he was in that's probably the thing he's most known for but he was also in sne- a show called sneaky pete which has margot martindale yeah and it was just something Mar- martindale 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 Character actress Margot Martindale. Okay, yeah. I had to write the first. I had to like say the complete. Yeah, thing. I was. I was like, oh. Oops. He also, I thought this was cool because I didn't realize it. I love the movie The Virgin Suicides, which is like, uh, I think it was Sofia Coppola directorial debut. It I had, believe so. It's so good, but he's the narrator in The Virgin Suicides. Oh, yeah, I thought that was. Pretty well, he's cool also too. was in Lost Highway, and a movie called Boiler Room, and then also. Avatar. I forgot he was in Avatar. Yeah. And apparently he's in the new Avatar, too. He's also in Ted and Ted 2. Is but he? I really don't remember. Yeah. I I, didn't it's re- been a while since I've seen I him. I haven't watched Ted. Yeah. I had no interest in I saw Ted. it in theaters. Quick, quick side story. God bless. I saw in theaters its opening night with, like, two female friends. And we got out and we were talking to uh, one of our friends at the concession stand. And all these women, just, like, a horde of them come out. And they're, like, dressed and they're so nice. They're so beautiful. 
We didn't realize Magic Mark opened the same day. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, I'll never forget that Ted and Magic Mike opened the same day because of that. That is very strange. It's a strange <laughs> pairing. Kind of like Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah, everyone's like, I'm going to go see both. I'm like, I, am. I, I probably will. <laughs> I want to see both. You should see the story I posted on my Instagram because they're just like people who do bar- uh, who do Barbie first are fucking crazy because you start the day with cigarettes, black coffee, Oppenheimer. Then you get... Then you get mimosas, brunch, then Barbie, then drinks and party. I was like, that sounds like that, a great that day. That sounds like a really fun day. Doesn't it? I want to go do that. That we should would be do that. amazing. That would be a fun time. <laughs> well, Scott's been really excited about Oppenheimer. I and do. I am too. Ever since yeah. I heard about it, I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. The trailer's still very elusive. Like, you really... You know I have not watched the trailers because you, I don't do well, that anymore. Well, they did a great job of editing it. Because yeah. it's kind of elusive. You kind of see flashes. You know it's about the atomic bomb and Oppenheimer. Yeah. But other than that, you really don't know. Well, lo- last day. podcast has also been doing a um, a series on the Manhattan Project. Oh, yeah. In preparation for the movie. And okay. I was like, I was like, tight, tight. Okay, so. Yeah. But Jovenheimer wasn't the best person. But he did, he did try to retract all the atomic bomb stuff. He felt real bad about it. Yeah. As did a lot of people that were part of it. And yeah. then the government kind of blacklisted him in retaliation. Super interesting, super depressing. Yeah. Um, you know, because that was right before all the McCarthy hearings and, you know. And that, I was about to say for our book readers, this is based on the modern modern Prometheus. So the mm. whole, so if you guys want to read the book that's loosely based on before the movie, I will say go. I haven't minded being spoiled for the Barbie movie, though, because I think that's just going to be a fun movie. Like, I'm okay with it. Like getting spoiled a little bit. I just love how like uh, Margot and Ryan Gosling are like promoting this movie because they just, I mean, they just they just look their parts. Like any kind of press stuff you see them at, you're like, oh my god, they're perfect. Yeah, like, so. I bet they have a whole team. that's just like you have to keep looking like Barbie. Pink, pink, pink. pink. So much. Pink. They said they ran out of like a certain color of pink in preparation for this movie. Like paint companies and stuff were running low on this certain. They were like, "Please stop! Please, yeah. please stop! Everything. We can't, we can't mix it fast enough. <laughs> we're running out of it." Everyone in that part of like California was like, "I just went to paint my daughter's bedroom Barbie pink." I'm so sorry, ma'am. They're filming a Barbie movie. Someone was like, "I'm gonna watch all of the Barbie cartoon movies in preparation for the Barbie." Movie. I was like, "I don't think you have to do that. I don't think it has anything to do with that at all." You're like, "If if you really just want to, you sure, can, but but I, I I don't think you get any research material." Yeah. Um, but I guess getting back into this movie after our, our sidetrack, not on a sidetrack. Um, so we know Sam Raimi. Y'all know Sam Raimi. We just did a big series on Evil Dead. So we'll just quietly touch on the fact that he directed and, uh, created the Evil Dead series with, um, Bruce Campbell and also Rob Tappert, who also produced this movie. I was like, of course he did. He think he's produced every single one of Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah. And he also... So, in between the Evil Dead trilogy and the Spider-Man trilogy, trilogy is when he did this movie. So, he literally filmed this movie in 1999-2000. Yeah. And then immediately went to do the Spider-Man trilogy, which I find... Fascinating. It's this weird cusp of time where, like, uh, Kate Blanchett had just done Elizabeth. 
Uh, Keanu Reeves is just in The Matrix. Hilary Swank had just done Boys Don't Cry, which she got nominated for an Oscar for. Yeah. And I feel like there was somebody else who just got off something really big. And then, oh, Greg Kinnear was Kinnear. Is that Kinnear? Kinnear. Kinnear. He's the one. He won for as. Or no, he was nominated for, for as, as good as, as, as it gets. gets. Oh yeah, yeah, as good as it gets mm-hmm. just came out. Yeah. And then and you've got mail. He was in you've got mail. Oh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. all of these people were like hot. Yeah. And then Sam Raimi's, you know, the Evil Dead creator, and I guess they all were like, sounds cool. And then immediately, like none of their careers kind of like cusped on this, except for. May is in this movie from the Spider-Man I know, trilogy. As as I saw her, Rosemary Harris. So. And J.K. Simmons yeah. is in the Spider-Man trilogy, and I was just like, what? Oh, I know. And J.K. Simmons, I mean, come on, he's an Oscar winner now, too, at Whiplash. He is so. for Whiplash. So there's a lot of Oscar winners and a lot of Oscar nominees in this movie. Yeah. Um, but after the Spider-Man trilogy, it way in before, he also did Darkman, uh, drag me to hell. You tricked me, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and he did a simple plan with Billy Bob Thornton right mm-hmm. before this movie. And then uh, he most recently directed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which was not good. It was not good. I have not watched it yet. It is okay. I saw some outtakes that looked funny. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. If we're talking about multiverse movies, it's not the best multiverse movie. But well, it's okay. It's watchable. Yeah. So this, I don't know if you know this at the beginning, but it flashed Paramount Vantage. And I was like, I don't know what Paramount Vantage was. Mm-hmm. But basically, so obviously due to the name, it was a division of Paramount, but they focused more on indie films. So they actually, yeah. had, they actually had producer Tom Rosenberg put up 90% of his money to get wow. this movie Wow, because this was definitely an indie movie. Yeah. They filmed in Georgia. Which I was like, I was like, did they actually film in the South? They did. Yeah. It did look like the South. Yeah. It you looked- can tell by the trees and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it was a coastal kind of South. But they also filmed in Atlanta. So I'm wondering if the courthouse scenes were in Atlanta. Maybe. Maybe. Because that, like, I forgot the park in Savannah that's absolutely beautiful, but it has, like, the, I don't think the trees are really weeping willows, but they kind of have that. In Savannah? Yeah. Oh, so in Savannah, Is it it's four? Spanish moss. Okay. Savannah. Which you do not touch. Do not touch the Spanish moss. There's, like, critters and things that get in you oh. if you touch it. So don't touch it. Luckily, I had a tour guide tell me that, like, the first night. We were oh, there. that's good to know. But that's why they look like weeping willows. It's actually okay. Spanish moss. But there's one square that doesn't have it, and it's a haunted square, and they say it's the ghost. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually true. I think it's... But it is really weird, because there's only, like, one side of the square doesn't have Spanish moss, the other side doesn't. Everywhere else has Spanish moss. Yeah. And Spanish moss spreads through the wind, so it doesn't make sense why it wouldn't have hit those trees. But anyways... Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I've misspoke. So this was... This was released under Paramount Classics, is what Classics. it was. And now it's Paramount Vantage. Oh, okay. So, so Paramount Classics became Paramount Kind Vantage. of like Fox Searchlight. Exactly. And that's what they were trying to essentially be like. Yeah. So they said only Paramount gave 10% to this film. This one guy, Tom Rosenberg, 90%, Paramount 10%, and then everyone worked for scale to make this wow. movie. Wow. Yeah. And you can tell people enjoy doing this movie, because Hilary Swank, so I did find a behind-the-scenes from the DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, someone had uploaded it to YouTube, and I got to watch it. And, like, Hilary Swank was like, this is the first movie I filmed since Boys Don't Cry. Connor Reeves was like, I was so excited. Like, everyone, like, really was excited to do this movie, which is why it's weird that I really had barely heard about it, and I feel like all the things I had heard about it were very misleading. Like, I didn't have any idea that it was about a clairvoyant person. I thought it was much more ghostly and much less of a thriller. This one, to me, was similar to Eve's Bayou, but there was more scary stuff in it. Yeah. Because there are, uh, you know, when she has her psychic 
dreams, uh, visions, whatever, what have you, um, is definitely like scary. Like you see the dead bodies and like there's you a know. few like jump scares in this movie yeah. too. Like a door would slam. A couple got me. Yeah. A couple got me good. Got yeah. me real good. Also, I was wearing headphones the first time I watched it, which was probably stupid on my part. I didn't realize yeah. how many jump scares there were going to be. There was definitely like this great element of suspense throughout this movie. Yeah, I did like that a lot. I did. Yeah, I I honestly really enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say unlike Eve's by you, which I think this reminds like, me of it. It's not like. As excited about it? Yeah, Eve's Bayou is definitely an elevated film. Like, yes. And I hate to say that. I don't mean to be rude. This is still a very cool movie to watch. I'm glad you picked it. But yeah, Eve's Bayou is on a different level. Yeah, Eve's Bayou was just like, oh. and this reminds me of Eve's Bayou, but it's not exactly the same thing because it's not like you're trying to figure out a murder. Yeah. You know, there's not a murder plot. There's not a courtroom scene in Eve's Bayou. It's trying to figure out other stuff. Yeah. And, um... Watch Eve's Bayou. But I was wondering, I didn't find anything in my research. I was like, do you think he watched Eve's Bayou or maybe Billy Bob Thornton did? Which I kept misspelling his name. There is totally an N in the middle of that name. And I completely, no one ever pronounces it. So I just was like, oh, there's an N in that. So, But you know what? Other than that kind of, I don't really think it has a lot in common with Eve's Bayou other than like maybe the setting. Like, you know, that hot hot summer oh you can you sweating. can feel the humidity you gotta swim through the atmosphere all i was thinking was swamp ass swamp ass Katie taught me that word and now it's like that phrase and now it's one of my favorites it's use. so weird because yeah. the only reason i know that term is from hanging out with someone like who is not in my life anymore and who is an asshole, but their family was very southern yeah. and very, very backwoods southern. And like, that's the person I heard swamp ass from. And I was like, what the fuck is swamp ass? And but see, it makes sense. You know what though? But the things like swamp ass or titty baby, those are the type of things missing from southern movies. Those are the things I've titty heard Titty baby here. is so disturbing. Uh, my, I just picture like a baby and it's just like a tit for yeah. a face. I'm like, I don't like that. I told you, my brother was like seven and his little friend called him a titty baby. I said, come again? Like, because I lived in the South for like 10 years at that point. The I had fuck is never a titty baby? heard a titty baby. Before. It's like, um, a crybaby. Butt hurt. Yeah. When your butt hurt. And I was like, but what? I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, <laughs> when your butt hurt. And I was like, please explain to me the etymology of butt hurt. But that's, that's the only thing that like, kind of like growing up in the South and you, you've lived here. Have you lived here over your half your life at this point? Because I've lived here over half my life. Yes, because I moved here when I was six. Yeah, so it's kind of like when you live here most of your life and you kind of are like an honorary southerner. You watch these movies and you can just tell even ones that have really, really good production value, the acting is stellar. There's something off. Yeah. There's always something off in these movies. Like there's just something. Use Bayou was more convincing. It was. It was. And I think maybe also what it's taking place in the past, too. Yeah, because, you know, when you have... It's like True Blood. Yeah. I pass on Bill's terrible Southern accent because he's from... You know, any of the vampires that are, like, from the Civil War era, era or, like, the early 1900s, I'm like, you know what? They got the old Southern drawl. So I can, I can be behind that. But when, like, the modern people have the same accent, I'm like, that's, no one talks like that now. Well, this was, like, a very interesting movie in that it's very obviously taking place in the year 2000 it's filmed in. But it's like, oh, that's right, we were on the cusp of all this technology, but not everyone, especially in rural communities, would just have a cell phone. Or just, no, you know. I didn't have a cell phone until I was in high school. Yeah, I think I was probably a freshman or sophomore, not that you And, like, it. 
TV was a staple in every household, but yeah. not internet necessarily. Yeah. Like you, a lot of people still went to the library to get internet. And some people do that now. I mean, they just passed a bill to give states extra money to get broadband to more people because a lot of people in rural places don't have, still have like dial up. Well, even like the <laughs> way these characters dress, it's almost like some scenes you're just like, oh, it looks like they could be like decades ago, but then there'll be something that's so you're like, no, that's a little modern. So, yeah. like, for example, Hillary Swink has like a shag haircut. Like, that's very. Oh my God, that haircut yeah. is an abomination. It, it is. is a lady mullet. It's like you can almost believe everyone else is from the 60s. And as soon as you see that, you're like, oh no, this is like the 90s. This is the 90s. Yeah. It, it's a lady mullet. Mm-hmm. It's a lady mullet and it is an absolute atrocity on screen forever burned into my memory it yeah. is the most egregious lady mullet because it's a long long mullet it's a long it's like it's like the the karen haircut with long hair on the back oh yeah like, that's what it looks like oh you're right i didn't even it's, think about that and i the thing is like it it makes i it makes sense too because like you know, she gets, I'm sure she got a real shitty haircut and she's got like a shitty life though. And I'm like, oh my God, her life is reflected in that haircut. You know what? They did make a really good casting decision with Keanu Reeves, not only because I thought he was good in this role, but because he is, he is very handsome. Oh yeah. And you're just like, okay, like she stays with this absolute fucking piece of shit, but it's because he's good looking and then she's And he can fuck. Yeah. Exactly. He does look like he can fuck. Yeah, like, and will they even say that at some point? In the oh, movie they do. Too? No, that's yeah. I'm just directly quoting the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. just in case you haven't seen the movie, you're just like, Katie, hey, like, my oh ears. no, sorry. That's, <laughs> uh, to quote the movie, he can yeah. fuck. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think of Keanu Reeves, even in John Wick, he doesn't look like a big man, yeah. even though he's fighting because he like the way they dress him in like The Matrix and John Wick, he's like got like a tighter fitting suit so he seems a little more svelte but yeah. but muscular but this movie i don't know if he pumped iron because i didn't he didn't say anything about that or if they just they gave him like all these like jackets so yeah. he just looks like a bigger person than he usually he looks intimidating but he also looks like he just throw down and just yeah bam 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 not to be too gross and he's also but. wearing a hat in every scene but the courtroom scene too yeah they're yeah. just like Seven boys wear hats and like put a little hat on his head. Oh my god. (laughs) It is true though. Like sometimes people wear hats in the most inappropriate spaces. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, so this is definitely a deep fried film. Um, It's very southern. Oh god, now I want chicken. Right? I had to get ice cream last night. It's summer, (laughs) it was on sale at Publix chocolate ice cream it was delicious but i do think it's interesting sam raimi pretty much only did this movie because his wife read the script his wife read the script this is what the story he told in the behind the scenes is his wife read the script and said you should direct this read it and he was like and because it was billy bob thornton's and because he knew him he was like okay and he read it and he stopped halfway through because he was like it was just so dark yeah and i mean sam raimi's kind of known to have a lot of comedy in his films even even the Evil Dead trilogy is pretty fucking funny, especially Army of Darkness. And his wife encouraged him to finish it, and he did. And he was like, I really liked it. And so then he was like, okay, maybe I'll direct it then. And then, you know, Kate Blanchett was on board, and then he got more people on board. And I, I will say thank you, Sam Raimi's wife, which I do believe they are still married, and they have, like, 
three kids, a couple daughters, I think. Aww. I got on IMDb and I was just curious what his wife looks like and what his family looks like. I don't know. I've, I know what he looks like. I was like, who, who are these people? But they seem to be like a little more quiet, but they go to all his premieres and stuff. I was like, that's nice. adorable. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to actually stalk you, Sam Raimi. I just was curious about your life because, you know, yeah, you just I'm, get I get that way. I get that way all the time. Um, but I guess with that, we'll do the rundown real quick, and then we'll get into total spoilers. I was trying to do a rundown without doing a lot of spoilers, so excuse it if it's very roundabout. Here's the rundown. When a young, affluent young... My God, I said young twice. I wrote young twice. When a young, affluent woman goes missing in the small town of Brixton, Georgia... Annie Wilson reluctantly takes a break from helping the townspeople and assists in the investigation with her psychic abilities. But when her vision of the missing woman leads to one of the most dangerous men in town, Annie puts herself in the line of danger. Da, da, da. I don't know. That's about as good as I can get without spoiling it. So that is now your spoiler warning. Go watch it on MGM Plus Prime Video. Before you listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah. Right? Right. And if not, come to the end of the episode. Then we'll tell you what we're watching next time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I found the character of Annie to be the most plausible psychic I think I've ever seen in a fictional movie. Yeah. She seems like a person who... Genuinely wants to help people and is trying to use her abilities to help people. Now, we have a mutual friend whose mom does tarot readings. And she also has a psychology... She has a therapist degree. Yeah. And he was telling me how his mom will, like, not, like, use the cards towards people, but kind of, like, use the cards as a way to therapize people in a casual way not telling them what to do, but getting them to talk about things. And it's very much about reading people. Yeah. Now, in the movie, in the concept of the movie, the world of the movie, she does have psychic abilities. But hers is also a lot of, like, trying to get things out of people. Like, the first person that comes in is ill, but it has been, like, I assume peeing blood. Yeah. And he doesn't want to tell anybody, and he's afraid to go to the doctor, and she uses... She has a feeling about it, and she asks some questions. And then instead of, like, being, like, take this tincture yeah. and and this voodoo doll and go, you know, she's not, like, a, like, not that hoodoo or voodoo is ridiculous, but it's not, like, the fictional version of hoodoo and voodoo that is very unbelievable. Yeah. She's just, like, you should go to the doctor. And, like, Hilary Swank's character, Valerie, comes and is, like being beat up by her husband. She's like, why are you paying me to tell you to leave your husband? Your husband is a bad person. Yeah. You know? And I do like that because she does seem to be like, not that our friend's mom is psychic, but I'm but like, you know, when people read cards, you're not necessarily like a psychic to read cards. It's more of like, it's a tool to kind of figure out and help you plan your life and to maybe bring those things forward, which I find very fascinating. Although I've never really, I don't think I've let anyone read my tarot. I've had before. My cards jump a lot. What does jumping mean? So it's when you're shuffling and one like Just flies, flaps, out of the deck. flies out of the deck. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's very common. And I will say for me anyway. Talking about cards, <laughs> there's some there's some issues, some factual issues in this movie, <laughs> and one that really 
this was on IMDb. It's a factual error. I'm just going to read it word for word because I noticed that the cards Annie's using are the cards that the Ghostbusters used to test ESP in the beginning of Ghostbusters when the guy keeps getting electrocuted. Yeah. And I was like... (laughs) That's weird. Like, what? how are you using those cards? Because, like, generally speaking, you know, tar- people use tarot cards yeah. or even playing cards. But, yeah. like, I've never seen anyone use those cards to read. Those are called, um, according to IMDb, they're Zenner cards. Yeah. And it's a deck of 25 cards, five of each symbol. They're used to test ESP to show how closely a subject is able to predict their order in the deck or which one is hidden in an envelope. They were developed by the Ryan Institute at Duke University to test psychic ability between test subjects to include remote viewing, not as another form of tarot cards. So, like, that's one factual error that I was like, why is she using those cards? But you know what's funny is that I also saw where on Billy Billy Babalooza is that those were the same cards that Billy's mom used, too. So that's the reason they used them. So maybe his... You know what, but realistically, and I do not know the financial situation Billy Bob grew up in, but maybe if his mom found a deck of cards and she was psychic or believed herself to be psychic, maybe that's the thing she just decided to pick up and use. Maybe. Maybe, like, because I'm like, realistically, in a small Georgia town where a lot of people who think Annie's kind of, like, devilish for doing this, like, how would Annie get a hold of tarot cards? Well, how would she get a a hold of the ESP cards. That's what I was wondering. Well, like, even with her granny, because they mentioned that grant, like, it was, the gift is, like, ability yeah. passed down to her family. I was like, I don't even know if granny had the cards and they were passed down to her. No, I thought, I just, the card thing, I was like, why isn't she using tarot cards? Or playing cards. Yeah. But tarot cards just make more sense. And yeah. they're, they've been around for a long time. Well, you know what? I've seen tarot cards in movies for years and years and years before I actually saw a deck in real life. Like, I probably did not see a real-life deck of tarot cards so I was in college. And now there's tarot shops. In Birmingham, there's, like, more than one tarot we shop. We go to, like, Barnes Noble or Books and Millions and yeah. get tarot cards now. So. Yeah. It's int- I have a Jane Austen tarot card I have a Game of book. Thrones yeah. tarot deck. But it's also a playing card deck. Interesting. It has the numbers and everything. And Which I'm just is like, weird because huh. you're not supposed to let other people touch your tarot cards. Apparently not. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting. I was just like, okay, but it's interesting that his mom used those, so maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, the only time it ever comes up is like when she like turns over and it's like obviously a water symbol. Yeah. I was like, okay, but the rest of it, I was just like, well, how does this mean anything? Because I saw the circle and I was like, because I was expecting it to be a tarot deck too, and then I saw the circle. And I was like, what does the circle mean? So to me, it's like she must have like made up some of her own symbols that she understands when she's using Yeah, them. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very weird crisscross mismatch. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't really use the cards at all, and maybe the cards are a distraction. But she seems to use them. Anyways, I don't want to go crazy into the plot, but I will say, so the main plot of the story is Annie is a widowed single mother of three boys. Her husband died the year prior in an explosion and at a factory, at a cable factory. I was like, "What, what part of cables would make them explode? I don't know. You know what? I will say this. So Billy Bob's father passed away. His, their mother would also raise like three boys. I think Billy Bob was like seventeen or eighteen when his dad died. But I didn't see how his dad passed away. 
Yeah. Anywhere. So I, so maybe this is way more autobiographical. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just loosely based on the fact that his mom had some clairvoyance. Yeah. You know. So Annie's clairvoyant. Her grandmother, who's played by Aunt May. Oh. Which, when Rose she, who's here. still acting, has yeah. still been acting. She was just in something recently. I was like, I assumed Aunt May had we passed away. We know her as Aunt May, but, you know, she also did win the Tony Award for Best Actress for uh, The Lion Winner. So, I mean, she's like a Ooh, theater actress. That's a actress. good play, yeah. Yeah. And she's the British actress, mm-hmm. um, which, again, the southern accent is is strong. It's, Anna, don't you love, what was it? It oh. wasn't muscadines. Oh, no, it was like a persimmons. persimmons. Yeah, and then she goes, that Which boy. is weird because persimmons are, win- well, I guess it's supposed to be, they filmed it in February. Yeah, that boy got your granddaddy's eyes, or she says something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wouldn't you bring her, like, well, it wasn't, if it was the summer, you'd bring the muscadans. Yeah. Which are just big grapes. They're big, sweet grapes. Big grapes. Basically. So, basically, she's, the reason she's taking donations for her clairvoyance and her readings is because, you know, the breadwinner is gone and she only has a little social security. And I, well, I was like, she seems like a very smart woman. I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't get a job somewhere else. Well, like Ben, I guess who's her baby? Like he, I guess he's maybe not school age. Like you know, so maybe she maybe. tries to be home with him, and then once he's school age, maybe she could get, get a another job. job. Yeah. yeah. And so she meets. I, I thought he was the principal. Yeah. Wayne, who's played by Greg Kinnear. Who he's not was, the principal. I thought he was. I thought he, yeah, I think I he I assumed is. he was the principal. Yeah. He's some kind of authority figure at the school. He's yeah. either the principal or the assistant He's principal. He's the principal. Yeah, principal. Uh-huh. Wayne. And Wayne is, like, very respected in town. He's, like, a society person. But he's kind of working, I wouldn't say, like, an educational job. Yeah. And, you know, he's very, like, there's obviously something a little bit flirty between the two of them, but not too much. Pretty professional, but then his fiance comes in. I was like, Katie Holmes. This is pre Tom Cruise. Katie Holmes is when she was still in Dawson's Creek. Yep. This was when, and this was like one of, I think, her first, like, she was in Teaching Mrs. Tingle and then she was in this. So I think this was one of her, like, adult roles when she was, like, really breaking out of, like, playing a teenager on Dawson's Creek. Because, yeah, I think this is, like, I don't know if this is the only time she did nudity in her career, but it's definitely the first time she did nudity in her career. Yeah, it was, it's not too much nudity. It's not, it's just bare breasts, but it's still, I mean, I'm, I mean, like, all the power to her, she's beautiful. Yeah, good for her. I'm glad she's not a Scientologist anymore. Good for her. Mm -hmm. But this is pre-Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, and she is his fiance. She's, like, very stereotypical southern belle she's got a sweater tied around her shoulders and she's like oh do you see us living happily ever after and then she sees like rot like a like a rotting flesh and water at her feet and she's like i gotta go and he's just like i was like "Ooh, yeah what's gonna happen so we find out jessica uh is not faithful to wayne and her dad she kisses her dad in a really overly too long. Yeah. Too long of a kiss. They're at the club. Annie's got this great friend, Linda, who we talked about was Kim Dickens. And she's fucking hilarious. She's the best part. She's the funniest part of the whole movie. Like, I, I missed some of the humor that I usually get in Sam Raimi movies. But Linda had some good one-liners. Yeah. But so Linda drags Annie out. And Annie accidentally sees... Uh, Jessica fucking somebody else yeah, in, in, like, the, the bathroom. bathrooms. And she's like, whoa. But she doesn't tell Wayne. Yeah, she's not a shit starter. 
No, but she, I'm almost like, what? And he asked her, like, what do you think of Jessica? And she's like, oh, she's nice. I was like, you could just say, oh, she's fucking someone in the bathroom, Wayne. Like, I feel like that would have been an appropriate time to say that. But she didn't. Yeah. That's also that southern kind of politeness, too. There is a lot of, like, oh, it's not my business. I can't say anything. Which yeah. I respect in some ways and in other ways. I'm like, you know what? If your friend's fiancé is fucking someone else and you see them fucking someone else and you know that they're not in a, you know, open relationship, maybe you should tell them. It's an awkward situation, but you should still be like, do you guys have an agreement that you can fuck other people? Because if not, you might want to know about this. This is also, like, the first kind of, well, giving away too much of the movie, you already sense there's issues, because he's like, well, she's left me. She always does that. Like, he's already, like, shown. It's not a good relationship. It's a month before their wedding. He's basically kind of subtly talking. Yes, she's cheating on, but he's also subtly talking shit about her. Right. And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to get murdered because she's cheating on him. Yeah. That's not the thing. She actually has a fair reason why she's cheating on him. She's with him because her dad likes him. Yeah. Her dad, who's played by Chelsea Ross, who was in Hoosers? Bill and Ted's Focus, Journey, uh, Major League, and Basic Instinct. He's been a lot of stuff. But yeah, she kisses her dad too long, which just disturbed me. Like, she's like, oh, hey, daddy. I thought she was calling someone daddy like it was her sugar daddy. No, it was her actual daddy. And then she, like, lingers. And I was just like, ugh. Uh, to me, like, adults kissing their parents on the lips for yeah. more than, like, a peck. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. There's something disturbing about that to me. Anyways. But. <laughs> so, she's dating him because his her dad likes him. Her And she doesn't really love him. Yeah. And turns out that Jessica is fucking Keanu Reeves' character, Donnie Barksdale. Donnie Barksdale is an angry man who's abusing his wife. And starts threatening Annie and calling her a witch and a voodoo. He gets a voodoo doll of Annie. And then also says that she's as good as racial slurs. Yeah. And so, and I will say counter is scary. Yeah. There's a scene where he literally, like, yanks Hillary Swank up by her hair. And, it, like, they were doing the thing where she was holding his hand where obviously he wasn't yeah. actually pulling her hair. He's... This is, like, my favorite fight choreography is, like, you put the person who's pulling the hair grabs the hair but not actually they just like put the like thread the hair through their fingers and so the person who's gonna get dragged by their hair grabs the top of the hands like they're fighting it off yeah but then actually that's where the connection is yeah and i've gotten dragged across the stage before like that it's really fun yeah i think that was our final stage movement yeah so yeah my our friend frank drugged me across the stage it was really fun and see i dragged james across the stage super fun yeah Mm -hmm. it's really fun yeah it's like but i mean they make it look really good this is my question i couldn't find anything on this i don't know if you did but like there's a paint can knocked over which i thought was a good and a good thing, because then Hillary Swank's wearing these white pants, which makes me think if they did more than one take, those white pants, they probably had five pairs. Do you wonder? I, I feel like that uh, Kate maybe fell accidentally. That was what I was trying to figure out. Because yeah. then she slips on the paint, and it is like... Like, it, you could tell it. The Ooh. way her ass hits that ground. It yeah, like, and her dress flies up, and it's like just you like, you know. Like, you get shot and everything. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, and I will say, I appreciate that she's just wearing, like, plain, like... 
Fruit of the Loom. Yeah. I had the that pink underwear. Yeah. In the 90s. It was that color pink underwear. I was like, that is what you buy at Walmart. You it's know six what? pack. It would not surprise me. <laughs> uh, multiple Academy Award winning Kate Blanchett, because now for Blue Jasmine and uh, Carol. And then she's nominated again last year for Tar. Yeah, well, she's uh, won yeah. for The Aviator and for uh, Blue Jasmine. And, and she's I been she nominated. No. Did she not win she for She just got nominated. She just got nominated. She's been nominated... Like, four more times. Yeah, she got nominated for all the Elizabeth movies, and... They called her, like, the future Meryl Streep. Yeah, somebody yeah. got... They didn't get mad, but someone was, jo- was jokingly on the internet, like, Oh, Michelle Yell, the lady who stole a <laughs> stole an Oscar from Olivia Tarr. Oh, and I was like, Olivia Tarr. And I was like, I was like, listen, she has two Oscars, supporting and main... It's okay. But you know what? That's what I would not be surprised one bit if that was real. And then just the amount of professional she is, she just kept going. Because I yeah. love it because she hits. And, like, you can tell that hurt like hell. Yeah. Her ass hits the ground. And, and it looks like it's her. Yeah. And immediately she bounces back up to go out after yeah. them, after the door. Yeah. It just, it's a very, that's the scene that made me watch the movie. Because it's, like, painful. It's painful. And he, like, throws Hillary yeah. Swank out there. And I will say, he and Hillary Swank went to to a, like a local spousal abuse counselor yeah and try to figure out like why would someone beat their wife which i it, intense attention to detail um so anyway so annie doesn't like donnie but annie does have a vision when jessica disappears of jessica in a tree and in the swamp and there's a fiddler and apparently donnie's next door neighbor is a fiddler so she leads the police to his pond i also think i've read that danny elfman cameoed as the fiddler i do know that he was somehow involved with this yeah but i think he was the cameo as the fiddler god i hope it was that's pretty cool that's pretty fucking cool yeah but i loved it but that was like a really random because you have like this really beautiful dream sequence and then you just hear that fiddle and you know i think we know as horror movie fans you hear a lot of string instruments in horror movies so as soon yeah. as you hear that like fiddle ding, it's like it kind of made me jump a little according to reddit danny elfman had a tiny role in the movie the gift from 2000 as Tommy. Who's the Fiddler? Danny Elfman is like a strange looking man in a good way. Like yeah. he, he looks ethereal. Yeah. I shouldn't say strange. He looks ethereal. He looks he looks like a dream person. Anyway, he's doing his thing too. Yeah, he is. So anyway, so like, so yeah, so she ends up fingering Donnie. <laughs> I was like, question mark? Question. But she never says that Donnie did it. She says that that's where Jessica's body is. Yeah. And so they just assume, because he's an angry wife beater, that he killed Jessica. And so she has to go to court. It turns out the lawyer that is the prosecutor is the guy that Jessica was fucking in the bathroom. Which, again, he's like, anything you want to tell me? I was like, okay, this is your turn to say, well, I saw you fucking the, you yeah. know, victim. You know, are you sure you should be the prosecutor? But anyways, they end up going to court. It's I really liked court because Michael Jeter plays Donnie's lawyer. And you probably know his face. He was in the Green Mile, oh, Sister yeah. Act 2, Air Bud and Elmo's World, and the Evening Shade show that uh, Billy Bob Thornton was in. But he also was in this Broadway play called Grand Hotel. Yeah. And, oh, I, I hope I don't cry. So he and the other main actor in that um were able to perform they had to have someone else perform for one of the actors because they were dying of complications with hiv 
And he also, he's an open, he was an openly gay man and he, in the 90s, contracted HIV and died at 50 from complications of HIV. Yeah, because he died right after Degree Mild. Yeah, yes. And so, if there's this great performance of him and another actor in Grand Hotel, and it's really sad because of the story of, like, the two of the main characters and just, like, the AIDS crisis and stuff, which one of my professors made us watch. Yeah. And then we all cried. But it's a really, it's a really great performance where he's doing this dance thing with this, it's supposed to be like a, like a, like a, like a rail. Mm-hmm. And the way he's dancing makes it look like his body's floating. Yeah. He's all so physically talented of an actor. But he's just doing, like, a little Southern lawyer bit in this. And it's funny because he's, uh, he's Delacroix. And the Green Mile, and so he's the one, Mr. Jangles, the he's mouse, got the little mouse, and he's the one. Spoiler alerts for the Green Mile. He's the one that that bastard didn't wet the sponge, so he fries, yeah. fries. And I mean, Taylor, as soon as he saw his face, was like, "He's in the Green Mile." Like he yeah. he recognized him faster than I did. But happily, he was also Mr. Noodles' brother, yeah. Mr. Noodles on. And to clarify, he was Mr. Noodles' brother, Mr. Noodle, which yes. was M I S T E R. Yes. So- <laughs> in Elmo's world. So he also did, and he was the alcoholic clown in Airbud. Oh, that's. Yeah. Buddy's owner, that Buddy's was an owner. Asshole. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But then he also, and he was like the bad guy in Sister Act 2 that, with Billy Bob Thornton, oh. right? Because they were it's the guys that posed so as monks. Long since and then they Sister end Act. up like ter- being good in yeah. the end. Anyways, I love Michael Jeter. I also love that we also see John Beasley as a witness who saw Donnie and Jessica. Who like his face? He just passed away this year. Aww. Um, he's been in the Mandalorian, the Sum of All Fears, Trem, Everwood, and he was Mister Hall in the Mighty Ducks. So he was one of the parents in the Mighty Ducks. Oh, if you see the man, you'll be yeah. like, I know that man's face. He's been a ton of things. And as we already said, J.K. Simmons. I don't, and I think we already mentioned Gary Cole. If you don't know, uh, was also Office Space, Dodgeball, and Talladega Nights. Yeah. He's been in everything. Um, Under the Sun. And anyway, I think we mentioned it. He's a very else. prolific voice actor, too. Yeah, Gary Cole's... He's the, mm, I'm gonna need you to come in this weekend, guy. Mm. Yeah. So so they go to court. Donnie gets uh, convicted. But then the really thing, sad thing is Annie is kind of humiliated on the stand because they're like, oh, you know, how many fingers am I holding behind my back? And, uh, like, he kind of makes fun of her. But at the same time, Buddy is remembering these repressed memories and he's like annie i need to talk to you and this is probably like the saddest part of the movie yeah even though the wife beating's really sad and the murder's really sad buddy keeps saying that there's a blue diamond yeah and i didn't think they were gonna go there with this movie but they did and i kind of i kind of caught on what they were yeah like implying. the second time i was like oh i was like oh because he goes He's try. She says you can always talk to me because he has a couple like anger fits, and she's like very calm about it. She's like you can always talk to me. I'm your friend. But then like she gets out of court after being like humiliated, and she's like I just can't. I can't handle it right now, buddy. And then that night, uh, his mom calls because he's trying to like kill his father. Basically, he's got him tied up in a chair and he's beating him with a a uh, a belt. Or it's actually, I think it's, like, one of those, like, razor belts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, like, a razor belt. You, Which yeah. also, Hilary Swank said that Keanu Reeves' character beat her with that, too. And I was like, 
Why do why does everyone have a razor belt at their home? Like, yeah. how many people still use a straight razor? That's true. Come on. And also, Keanu Reeves has a beard in this movie, so I was very confused. And you find out the blue diamond is a tattoo that his dad has around his belly button. Yeah. And the reason is because he was sexually abusing him as a kid. Yeah. Because he's like, I touch myself when I think about my dad. And I was like, oh, that's bad feels. Yeah. And it's really sad because then he tries to set his dad on fire, which honestly, like, child molester. Wasn't upset about him setting him on fire, I'm going to be honest. It's a movie character and he's a child molester. But they do take Buddy to, like, a mental hospital. And, and that was really sad. The acting is so, like, intense in that scene, too. Because he, like, yeah. he goes after Annie. And Annie is his only friend. And he loves Annie. But it's kind of like when you see that level of anger you can't come down from. Yeah. So. And she's trying really hard to stay calm. He also... <laughs> takes a crowbar to Keanu Reeves's friend's truck. Oh, I love that When he that tries scene. to threaten Annie's kid. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, mind your own business. But he's like, oh, this is my business. He's just like, bam, bam. Yeah. And then he... It's, the so tragic thing about Buddy is he is so depressed he doesn't really have a want for a living because, you know, Keanu Reeves' Donnie takes a gun to his head and he's like, shoot me, shoot yeah. me. It is very intense acting, but I don't think it's overdone. I honestly didn't think it wasn't very melodramatic. And I think Giovanni Ribisi did a really good job. He did get nominated for several awards for this. Didn't win any, sadly. But yeah. um, I think he does a really, really great job. And he was a great acting choice for this one. I think casting was superb for him. But so that's the sad part is that. And then, like, the more Annie sits with it after Donnie gets put away, she's like, I know he's an asshole, but I just don't think he did it. And yeah. then it's confirmed because Katie Holmes's character comes back to her and vision just says, fuck you. Yeah. It's like the worst jump scare because she's just like in her bathtub and then she just screams, fuck you. Yeah. And uh, she goes to Wayne. She's like, so I don't think Donnie did it. And Wayne is, like, horribly depressed, he, even though the trial's over and he's been convicted, like, the murderer's been convicted. He's like, hasn't gotten the mail, hasn't gotten anything, and Annie's... And then he tries to hit on Annie. Yeah, which is so, like, not the place for time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess they're, like, in a widow's club together, but, I mean, yeah. she says she still feels married, and he's like, oh, but he's not. Yeah. He's he's not like alive. Like, she tells him that, and then he's still trying to pressure after his fiance was murdered, yeah. like, less than a month ago. Okay. But he's still, like, not... He says... Like, he doesn't try to make her. Yeah. Like, it's it more of an emotional was, manipulation. Yeah, it's still skeevy, though. Yeah. Like, I even was like, if he didn't mean it to hmm. sound that way, it's like, oh. And Donnie's broken into her house several times, and so she gets home, and she thinks she sees... Um, buddy. Yeah. And it's raining really hard. And she does go to the lawyer and she tries to blackmail him into opening up the case again. She's like, well, I saw you fucking Jessica beforehand. So maybe you should open up the case or I'll find a way to open up the case. So then Wayne's like, did you figure out who did kill her? And she's like, no, I still don't know. But maybe if I went to the pond. So they go to the pond. And then, okay. Oh, this, then he suggests this. He goes, does suggest yeah. the pond. And you're just like, well, she mentions it, and then he re-suggests it. He's like, let's go like, right no, now. No, 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 Well, the thing that got me was, okay, this is kind of a Tales of Time twist, like, since Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. When the guy that you think is the good guy is not actually the good guy, and the guy that you thought was the asshole isn't as much of an asshole as you thought he was. And... That's when you find out she has a vision that Wayne actually killed Jessica. Yeah. Because he found out that she was having sex with Donnie. 
and got jealous and strangled her to death. Yeah. Which is interesting because Donnie only admits to her hitting the back of her head after he slapped her. And then he took her back to the bar they met at. And, but she didn't die of a head wound. Yeah. She died of strangulation. And so it was weird that he didn't admit to strangling her and like, oh, it was an accident if he really did it, you know? Yeah. Whereas like, it does seem like someone who, like strangulation is a very personal murder. And like, not, I mean, I guess he was having sex with Jessica, but it seemed pretty casual. So I wouldn't say it's as personal as like your fiance cheating on you. Which is still really shitty, but again, Jessica, to Katie Holmes' credit, really stands up for herself and is like, was like, because he starts judging her and like telling her to take, he's like, take off your clothes. And she's like, oh, are you going to take yours off too? Because she's like, oh, we're going to have sex. And he's like, no, you probably like took it off for them. You're just fucking him. And you're just like such a, like, he basically just calls her a whore. Yeah. And she's like, well, fuck you. I'm only engaged to you because my dad likes you. And the wedding is off and we're over. And she tries to leave. And, and that's she when he takes off. Didn't she take off her I engagement? I think she takes off her engagement ring too. Well, should he put it back on her afterwards? I don't remember. I know. That was another plot hole. Yeah. That I was like, what happened to the engagement ring? Yeah. All that to say, you know, cheating is bad, but it's not worth murdering someone over. You know what? Yeah. You can always move on.com and find somebody else. You know, it's 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 going to be okay. You do not have to strangle your fi- ex-fiance. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So, uh, she's figured out the truth, but she's trying not to let Wayne on to that. Yeah. But of, of course, course he sees through it. She's so nervous. Like, and she's and like, her. She's like, you know, maybe we should... Also, it's thundering and lightning. And I was like, why are you out at the water when it's lightning? Like, that's yeah. the worst place to and be. And I think also she, like, she realizes something's off. So she tells the lady who helps watch the kids. She's like, can I sleep there tonight? And she's like, yeah, I'll make a bed for you. And you would think the neighbor would be like, uh, where's Annie? She just called yeah. and told me she Did she call her again? There. They didn't show yeah. us that. Mm. I was like, mm. but at least someone knows that she's somewhere. So yeah. anyway, so he tries to... He hits her with a flashlight and just as she, he, she thinks he's about to kill her, there's Buddy. Yay. And he, he knocks Greg Kinnear's character. He knocks Wayne's car- Wayne out. Yeah. And they put him in the trunk. And he's like, but he's very calm now. Yeah. And like very angelic. And he, he they drive Wayne in the trunk to the police station. And he... Tells her that he loves her and he's so grateful for her friendship. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go get the police. And he's like, okay. He gives her back her handkerchief that yeah. she let him have earlier. And she's like, you know, you're going to have to go back, right? And he's like, I'm, he says, I'm like, I'm free or something. She's like, okay. Like, she's like, okay. And then she goes in and talks to J.K. Simmons. And he's yeah. like, yeah, Wayne confessed everything. And she, and he's like, wow, you really hit him over the head? Good. And she's like, oh, I didn't. That was Buddy. And he's like, huh, no, um, Buddy died earlier yeah. today which is really sad but in his yeah. own way he did free himself yeah which is kind which of is like sad. a little bit of like um premonition when you see her grandma earlier in the film because you're like oh, okay so spirits do come and visit her yeah 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 and so and, and they like touch her so it's like a corporeal kind of thing yeah so but she still has the handkerchief yeah which is so interesting and then at the end they go to her husband's grave and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And all I could think about, it, I was like, well, Donnie's going to be released from prison. How is everything That's my... Okay, yeah. so my question was, do you think Donnie Barksdale is going to 
you know, retaliate. I don't think he would, because, I mean, now he's just going to probably be pissed. I don't think he's going to be like the guy that's like, wow, you put me here in the first place accidentally, but you found the real guy, so I'm going to be okay with you. Like, he seems like too big of an asshole No, he seems that. like a... F- he broke into her house. Also, he yeah. had an in with the cops. Yeah. Like, she oh. reports it to the police, and they're like, you know, he's a, he's a squirrel hunting buddy of mine. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Do you think Annie will ever date again, or is she going to, like, be the perpetual widow? I don't know. I, I see, I personally see, like, Annie as someone who may date a few years down the line, but I think right now, like, yeah. overcoming the grief in the boys are her main point, because she was at least willing to put herself out there. Yeah. Because I think even her friend said something about her dating, and I think she was just excited to be out of the house. Yeah. Like, dress up, be out of the house. So I think she's taking baby steps. Yeah. I will say, Linda, the best line in the movie, the funniest thing, was, like, they like her and Linda like they go to church and she's saying goodbye. She's like, "Oh, you and Wayne," and she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And then she just like she's like, "We'll get some rest because you look horrible." Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I have a coworker like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, true friend, yeah. true friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I yeah, it's a little sexist to have her being a perpetual widow though i feel like that's a cliche maybe not sexist i don't think sam raimi's sexist it's a bit of a cliche to be like i still feel married yeah not that that people can't but a lot of times like it's but i guess wayne didn't feel that way because he killed his fiance i'll say this so it is within a year and there's a tv show that i really really like that they that the main character dead to me no, not dead to me. Oh. Um, the main character becomes a widow, and they do a three-year time jump. And they say for a lot of the people who lose their spouse, oh. it is a three-year grieving process. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's something that I'm like, well, I, I guess that makes sense. They don't want her living just the sadness of being a widow. But it does take time to yeah. also process. Not that you have to, I don't necessarily need her to have a love at the yeah. end of the movie. That doesn't make a good movie, necessarily. Yeah. I'm just like... There is a cliche of women not getting remarried in films. I actually do really, really like the line in the beginning of the movie. Her son asks her, he's like, what's the word fuck me? Oh, that's fucking hilarious. It's a great line. She's like, it's uh, she's like, it's a bad word you used to describe something that feels good. It's what me and oh, your dad. Oh, something nice. That's something nice. It's what you and your dad, my your daddy did to make you guys or something to that. And he's like, what What do you mean? She's like, it's it's uh, a it's making love, and she's like, it's what you and your dad, me and your dad, you and your dad, me, sorry, this is not Buddy's family, um, me and your dad did to make you and your brothers. I like that It was a very progressive answer. Yeah, I was like, like huh? straightforward progressive. Yeah. So, yeah. Because your kids are going to hear bad language. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to be honest. And they ride the school bus, definitely. Yeah. Children are going to experience things, and you might as well just be upfront and honest with them. Yeah. Because then, like, there is, like, I... There is a lack of trust when you find out that your parents have lied to you about something. Yeah. If they haven't told you something because you're not ready, it's a little different. But I have friends who, like, found out that they're, like, just believe their parents have never lied to them. Not even, like, little white lies. And when they found out, they were like, the trust was completely broken. I was like, yeah, maybe just be as honest as you can with kids. Yeah. You know? And tailor it to those children. Because some children can handle it, some people can't. Do you think Wayne was evil? Wayne. I don't think Wayne was evil. I I think like he, I think he probably really really cared about her and maybe even thought he loved her. And I think he was just really really hurt. Honestly, um, I don't think he's evil because I, 
I really do think he was dumb enough to think that maybe Annie would be like, oh, it's okay, I understand. Because he looked yeah. genuinely hurt when Annie was frightened of him. Like, he goes to touch her face and she recoils and he looks hurt before he hits her. Yeah. So, do you think Wayne was evil? No. I don't think so. But I just, I just can't imagine strangling someone over that. So that's second degree murder, though, right? Well, I don't know, because he did take her out to a location. It depends. Yeah. I would say it's much easier to try someone for second degree murder, because you're more like, because you can't get the death penalty for second degree. Yeah. So you're much more likely to get a conviction. And I mean, it. the thing that I was told when I did do jury duty was that intent can happen in an instant. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you didn't pre-plan or premeditate it. If you intentionally hurt someone, that is assault and pro- I think manslaughter as well for sure. Right. Murder, not sure about. It could be involuntary manslaughter yeah. if he didn't mean or voluntary manslaughter, like he meant to hurt her, he didn't mean to kill her. Yeah. You know, or second degree murder cuz he didn't plan it it wasn't like an elaborate thing but it's sad i'm like i don't know i just don't understand people that don't just break up with people and then just move on to someone else when they i don't know cheating is something that i've just i've never tolerated and to my knowledge i've never been cheated on but like if someone cheated on me that would be the end i would think unless it was like something that had happened like, I, it's different to, like, if you were, like, if you broke up and someone, but still, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. My mom always told me, like, if you want to be with someone, just be with somebody. Like, because I was, like, taking a break with a boyfriend. And she was just like, I just think you should just be with somebody. You need to be with somebody. And if you don't need to be with them, then just break up. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's pretty wise. And then I got back together with that person stupidly. And <laughs> And then went through a terrible relationship. But you know what? Now I see the wisdom that my mother was trying to impart on me. Yes. And I kind of feel like maybe Jessica should have just broken up with Wayne. and Or maybe Wayne should have just broke up with Jessica. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But when you're younger, too, these they're like in their like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Sometimes like you just assume that like this is your path in life and this is your chance to like maybe you want to get married and you're like, well, this is my chance to get married. Yeah. There, I'm not going to have any other chances, which is yeah. so not true. I'm not saying you like for sure you're there's somebody else, but like more than likely. Chances are there there's are. billions of people on the planet, right? Trillions. There's a lot yeah, of people billions. on the planet. I think we hit like eight or nine billion or something. There's a lot of people on the planet yeah. and there's a, you know, don't settle for that, kids. Or adults, whoever's watching or listening, not watching, whoever's listening. Um, but yeah. Uh, do you, okay. Was there anything we didn't mention that you just really loved? Um, I don't think so. I do like, I know we already talked about before, I do think there was some really great acting in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really, really appreciate like that. I, for the most part, I think it aged pretty well, other than the special effect of her being kind of in the tree. Yeah, the tree wasn't great, but I will say the makeup job on Katie Holmes looked yeah. genuinely scary. Yeah. And the fuck you part genuinely scared me. There yeah. was a lot of scary points in this movie, and I also liked the way it was filmed. The psychic dreams were filmed very similarly, like when the the sink was dripping blood, it really reminded me of when the 
um, the light bulb fills with blood and explodes on the evil dead. And I was like, very, very nicely filmed. I really thought it was filmed well. Um, It does feel very Southern. I wasn't bored, and it doesn't yeah. overstay its welcome. It's not yeah. too long. Yeah, Taylor uh, Taylor wasn't bored with this one either. So, because sometimes the movies we pick, Taylor may or may not zone out of, but he was invested the whole time in this one. So. Yeah, like, I really, like, it really was a movie that, like, was entertaining. So, yeah. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I do think the southern accents are kind of, but, yeah. like, entertainingly bad. Yeah. When they're bad. It is a bit of a, like, to be in the cons, it's a bit of a by-the-numbers murder mystery. Like, the twist of it was the nice guy the whole time kind of has been done. Yeah, and I I said that. I was like, let's also, because I do this with Taylor a lot and it drives him crazy. I was like, the least likely person is the one who did it. And at some point, I was like, either it has to be Wayne or her father, because they seem like the least likely suspects. Yeah. So, yeah. Because even the prosecutor would have been... You know, maybe as one of her lovers, I was like, it's too easy to be the prosecutor. It's too easy to be Donnie. It has to be, like, either Wayne. And then just Wayne kept giving off these little things here and there. Like, he was really interested in Annie. Like, almost like, oh, she could be my backup, you know? Yeah, which I was like, then why didn't you just break up with Jessica? Just break up with her. Yeah. It's not that hard. Sorry. It just bothers me. He does give pretty solid advice, though, at the beginning when he recommends that Annie's son needs to go to a therapist, though. And she's like, oh, no, he doesn't need that. He talked to me. I was like, girl, you are a therapist don't you understand that it's good yeah but you can't be your son's therapist that's he's not going to be honest with you even if you have a great relationship and i will say so i will say on imdb someone pointed out a pretty big pothole okay but i'm just going to read it word for word from the imdb website the timeline doesn't fit Annie's son says they never go to the cemetery to see daddy, to which Annie responds that they had just been there, quote unquote, last month on his birthday, the dad's. She tells Wayne that Mike's problems may be because, quote, his daddy died about a year ago at the same time. However, at the end, when we see the dad's grave marker, it shows that he was born in January, three months prior to the April 8th date of the missing Jessica, and he had died in November, nowhere near the time that she had stated to Wayne in his office. It, of course, was April just before Jessica King was missing. It is impossible that they could have visited his grave last month, nor that he had died a year prior. Wah-wah. That's someone who wasn't paying attention to grave. I think it's the, yeah, I think it's the grave in the newspaper. I think it's the newspaper articles because they filmed it in February and March. Yeah. So I feel like they thought it was going to be February and March and somebody put it in April. So anyways, I thought that was funny. I, you know, I may disagree with it somewhat because I'm like, I feel like maybe they waited a long time to report her missing. Yeah. So maybe more time passed than we assumed. Yeah. In the beginning. But yeah, I did want to point that out just in case anyone else gets annoyed. You're not the only one. It didn't say what user pointed that out. Just yeah. that was on IMDb. Um, did you have an, a rating for it? I did. Grindhouse Girls are our scale rating. Scale first. Okay, scale. So I was going between a six and a seven. I think I did go with six point five. I did as well. Okay, yeah. Super yeah. entertaining. Not anything 
just groundbreaking. Yeah. But, like, I did like it. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, me too. It was one of those movies I don't think I ever really... I may have heard it, but I didn't really know anything about it. I was like, okay, it was interesting. It was amusing. It kept our interest. Like, yeah, it was a solid little film. Yeah. Not one of my favorites ever, but still, I'm glad I watched it. I did have a GGP rating of P for <sighs> Ponds, Paint, and Promiscuity. Oh. Mm-hmm. I had C for chains, cards, and clairvoyance. Oh, I like that one too. Okay, which like one? Who who won last time? Was it you or me? I think you. Was it you? Was it, no, me? it was you? It was me. Okay, we'll go see then. Okay, well, yeah. we'll go with C. We'll go with C then. Which is an appropriate rating for this movie because it was a good movie, yeah. not a great movie. It's average. It was average. So we'll, we will have a sidetracks next week. Which might be a long sidetracks, might not yeah. be. We'll see what I happens. I may have to just pick my favorite. I must say, we might just we might just have see you know yeah you know and yeah and then we will have another movie to do in a couple weeks. What movie is that going to be, Britt? I know what it is, and I'm very excited because this is a movie I saw in theaters, and I've been waiting for it to stream. Yeah, so we are doing Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. Yeah, currently streaming on Hulu. Currently streaming on Hulu. I will say, don't spoil anything about this movie before you watch it. Don't look up anything. Don't watch the trailer. Just watch the movie. But it has Mia Goth. And it has Alexander Skarsgård in it. And it's a very weird, almost dystopian movie. And there's some body horror. And there's a lot of flashing lights. There's a lot of flashing lights. So if you have seizure um, disorders, be careful. Happens many times in the movie. Okay, that's good to know. So, because I remember watching it. They did have a warning, I feel like, before I watched the movie. But I was like, even I was like, oh, God, I don't have a seizure disorder. And I was getting a little bit like, Ooh. but it's really visually interesting. Yeah. But with that, I'm excited to see Infinity Pool. I'm glad we watched The Gift. Yeah. And be safe. Um, Happy Fourth of July. Because that was yesterday when this movie, when this episode will premiere. So happy Fourth yeah. of July! I hope it was good. I hope everyone was safe. I'm sure tonight the dogs will still be going crazy. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but the day after, sometimes my neighbors are like, "Yeah, we'll just keep firing them." Yeah, ours. It's like it'll be on a Tuesday this year, and they'll still probably be going at one or two in the morning when I have to be up for work at six. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. And, yeah, just take care of one another. Be kind. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. And yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Yes. And the words of the great Bob Barker, spayed and neuter your pets. Oops. da 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 We hope you guys take care of yourselves. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're halfway for the summer. I mean, the one thing... Summer. The only thing... I was actually discussing this with Taylor. The only thing I love about summer is there's no school traffic. And that is so nice. Oh, my nice. God. It is so nice going it to work. It is so nice. But the heat, everything else, I'm like, I'm just not it's the It's 100 degrees, and it's like a heat index of 108. Yeah. You you walk outside, you really do feel like you're melting. Yeah. So even Gizmo hasn't wanted to go on a walk because he's just too hot. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Wear your sunscreen. Yes. Drink water, you thirsty, thirsty bitches. You so need much it. water. I actually said that to one of my coworkers, and now he repeats it daily. He's like, "Remember that time you told me to drink water because I was a thirsty bitch?" I was like, "Yeah, I probably yep. shouldn't have done that at work. I'm sorry." Um, but we love you guys. Take care of yourselves and mm-hmm. each other. We look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, same spooky time, same spooky channel. Stay, Stay spooky, spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> I can't find a stop button with my mouth. <laughs> The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.